Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, before we get started, I need to apologize for my throat. My throat today, I already feel it is feeling kind of froggy. But when the Holy Spirit drops a message into my spirit, I have to get it out. So if I happen to cough or whatever or have to clear my throat, I so apologize. Amen? Amen. Okay, I want to talk about how more Christians divorce than non-believers according to these stats It totally blew me away because in light of the podcast I did the other day on divorce and remarriage and adultery, the Holy Spirit gave me this inspired thought to look up some stats on divorce because we have to understand that it is an epidemic going on Divorce is on the rise. Um, actually, marriage, marriages is on the decrease because according to some stats, you have millennials taking their time and getting married, right? So we know the biblical consequence of adultery. And the problem is, is that people who have remarried believe that it is nothing wrong with that, that we are just being over dramatic about the situation, when in fact scripture scriptures tells tells us that if you divorce, because we know from the from scriptures that God hates divorce. But that if you divorce for any reason except fornication and you remarry, Jesus says that you commit adultery. And so to recap the biblical truth about this, for starters, 
Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And in John fourteen fifteen, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay. Before we move on, let us pray. Because we have to understand this life is temporal. Once Jesus calls you out of that body suit, you will be in eternity. The spirit of a man will go on to live in an afterlife. Now, depending on your life in the body suit, will determine the audience you will have with Jesus. So, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we want you to be our king. Hallowed be thy holy name. Father, may your kingdom come. Father, help us to understand the consequences of sin. That if we do not repent, if we do not turn from our sins and turn to you, if we, if we die in our sins, we will go to hell as we await the final judgment. Father, you have appointed a day, a day of judgment, where Jesus has been appointed judge at the great white throne. And that if your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. And Father, for a lot of people, they simply do not believe this. They mock the gospel. They obey not the gospel. But Father, the truth of the matter is that you have called all men everywhere to repent. So, Father, with today's lesson, I ask for wisdom and insight to be able to convey to the whole entire world that you have sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and that he was buried. And on the third day, you, you raised Jesus from the dead. The awesome, the awesome of the gospel is that it is good news. It is awesome that we, we don't have to face your wrath to come because, Father, you are holy and just and righteous. The problem is that the false church only want to highlight one of your divine attributes and that you is love. But they don't want to talk about the wrath of God. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson and exhortation bring you glory 
And may it serve as a cautionary tale that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. You have made it clear that no that no adulterer, no fornicator will inherit your kingdom. So, Father, in the area of marry, remarry, and divorce, the facts of the case is that we commit adultery if our first covenant spouse is still alive when we remarry. So I pray that the Holy Spirit move on me to be able to convey this biblical truth to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. We know that 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's Revelation 21, 8 says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Amen. So, this tells us that he is the truth. And if you want to know the truth, we can go to him to get the truth. Amen. Amen. And also, we know for a fact that Jesus will never authorize sin. He will never authorize sin, not on any day of the week. And so, not to over-massage this whole lesson again, you cannot remarry if your first covenant spouse is still alive for if you do you commit adultery why because that first spouse is still alive and in the eyes of God you two are still married even though y'all went on down to divorce court and that judge gave you a writing of divorcement and then you went ahead and and married again. You got a civil marriage because that is not a coveted marriage. The only coveted marriage you have is that is with that first spouse. And so 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has said in Matthew 19.9 that if you divorce except for it be for fornication, you commit adultery. So, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, right, that if you two cannot reconcile, then you are to remain single. Yeah, I know a lot of people are kicking and screaming about this topic, making it so confusing, but it's really not confusing. The problem is the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, is having a problem with studying to show thyself approved. In all honesty, the problem is that no one seems to be fully studying the scriptures. No one is presenting themselves to God for his wisdom concerning this topic among the many. And how we, how we can tell there's a problem? You have wolves in sheep's clothing, dispensing ill counsel, totally going against and in violation of the word of God on this topic, causing controversy. And the uneducated Christian is turning from sound biblical doctrine by heaping upon themselves these apostate preachers and pastors who are tickling their ears, telling them it is okay to divorce for any reason. They are heeding to what man says and not what God says, and that's a huge problem for the body of Christ. Folks, it doesn't have to be controversial. Controversial. It, is, it only is because people want to enjoy their adulterous remarriages. The problem is, if your first covenant spouse is still alive, when you remarry, Jesus says you commit adultery. And that's the facts, folks. Let's state the obvious biblical scriptural truth. Marriage is for life. God has said, let no man put asunder. Let no man separate. That means divorce court right? Because the only way for a marital covenant vow to be fulfilled is the death of one of the partners. So let's take a look at these scriptures and then I want to give you all some startling facts and stats about divorce that people whether you be saint or sinner, may not realize, but nonetheless are doing this every day, whether or not you believe in God, 
whether or not you believe in Jesus, whether or not you believe in heaven or hell, the biblical facts remain the same for for us all. Mm-hmm. Matthew 19.9 And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery. And whoso married her, which is put away, do commit adultery. Some Bible translations have fornication in this verse as sexual immorality. And so false church leaders have misinterpreted that to mean adultery. And we know that is not what Jesus meant because he mentions the word adultery in the next sentence. So Jesus was not talking about adultery within the marriage that you can divorce. He was talking about fornication. Fornication means as a single person, you are having sex, illicit sex. Adultery is when you are having sex outside of your covenant marriage vow. You, as a married person, is cheating on your spouse by having sex with someone else. Don't you think that Jesus knows the difference between the two? What, what he was referring to is that while engaged and your intended spouse cheats on you and then after the marriage, you find this out through concrete evidence. Let's say a baby shows up, right? Then for the reason of fornication, you can get a divorce. Jesus was talking about the engagement process. In the 21st century, we took that to mean adultery. But Jesus was talking to a Jewish audience when he, when he made this statement in Matthew 19.9. Jesus, Jesus was talking to a Jewish audience and they fully understood this implication. Engagement or betrothal was taken as being married. Only the difference was, was that consummation has not taken place yet. Listen, all we got to do is look at Jesus' earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. Joseph and Mary and Mary were engaged to be married. But when she showed up pregnant, having returned from visiting her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist at the time, Joseph wanted to put Mary away quietly. He wanted to divorce her because in Jewish custom, the only way to call off the engagement was to get a writing of divorce 
because that's how serious engagement was. Here in the 21st century, oh, we take marriage and engagement so flippantly, right? So as to not shame her, it wasn't until the angel of the Lord came to Joseph came to Joseph in a dream and explained to him what the deal was because could you imagine your fiance comes back from out of out of town and she turns up pregnant and you and her have never had sex before uh-huh because you see then Having sex when you was not married was a, a horrible thing, okay? As opposed to now, oh, it's, it's your right. Yeah. And so he didn't want to disgrace her by making it a public show because for all intents and purposes, they were married because that's how serious the engagement process was and if you wanted to call it all off then you actually had to get a divorce so we see in the story in Matthew 1 verses 18 to 24 it says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together, meaning before they had sexual relations, right? She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, see? The Bible is calling Joseph her husband. Even though they hadn't actually gotten married, but she was pledged to him. To be married. They were engaged. But you see. Thank you Holy Spirit. The Bible is saying that. The Bible is calling Joseph. Already Mary's husband. Right. Look. Because Joseph. Her husband. Was faithful to the law. And yet did not want to expose her. To public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, this is language of a marriage. Although they had not been married yet, they were engaged. But it's the same thing. And so when Jesus said, accept it before fornication, he was talking about doing this betrothal here, right? So, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And that's just a testament to the love he had for his girl. Right? Verse 20. But after he had considered this, meaning he was thinking this over. He was like, okay, how can I divorce her quietly without bringing public shame to her? Right? So, he was thinking this, I mean, because he was, he was going to do this. It, it's like, how do you come back pregnant? And, and I guess because the scriptures doesn't say the actual conversation 
he had with Mary, but I'm quite sure one of them was, oh, you had to have sex. How are you pregnant? I never had sex with you, right? Obviously, you had sex with somebody else because that's that's how it was. That's the only way, according to man's right experience, in order for someone to turn up pregnant, they would have had to have sex with somebody. It wasn't me, Joseph is like. It wasn't with me. So you know what? I love you so much. I'm just going to just do this quietly. I'm not going to even bring shame to you. Right? So, right, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive. And give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Amen. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. And we see other scriptures to name a few about divorce, remarriage, and adultery, right? Luke 16, 18. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. This scripture is saying that If you divorce your wife and you marry another person, you commit adultery. And not only that, whoever marries you, that person, that brand new spouse, well, he or she is also committing adultery. Why? Because they are sleeping with someone else's spouse. Even though you got a divorce, In the eyes of God, you and your first covenant spouse are still married. Okay, 1 Corinthians 7.10 But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him and the husband must not leave his wife. Mark 10, 11 to 12. So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Matthew five thirty two. But I say to you that, this is Jesus, but 
I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason, reason except sexual immorality causes her to <clears throat> causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery amen and we know that sexual immorality here in this scripture means fornication which is different from adultery why because we see the word adultery in the next sentence. So Jesus, once again, was talking about two different sexual sins. So here we go. All right, folks. We've all heard the slogan. The family that prays together stays together. And we know this to be a well we know this to be well known among Christians, but is this true? So that's the question on the floor. Now, I'm not plugging anyone here in these stats I'm about to give to you all. However, I found them to be very interesting and telling, right? Because the bottom line to all of this Okay, no matter what that sin is, because we just saw real quick in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, some of those sins that will keep you out of the kingdom of God, meaning you die in these sins and you have not repented and you have rejected Jesus, you have rejected the gospel. Okay, well, when you die, you will go to hell as you await the final judgment that Revelation 20 talks about. Amen. So, <clears throat> the slogan, right, seems to fall by the wayside when cognizance is taken out, no, is taken of the outcome of research done by the Barner Group. Hold on. I told y'all my throat. <clears> throat. It's been, I guess maybe because, and this is not a boast, all right? I have uploaded now over 300 episodes on the podcast. So I, I don't know if the, if the old voice box is telling me I need to rest. I don't know, but it, it needs to stop it. In the name of Jesus, because we're going to get through this lesson today. Okay, so this research uh, firm, a group called Barna, B-A-R-N-A. Now, this is not a plug. This is just some information, right? In the uh, USA, it says that now the Barna group, which is a widely which is widely considered to be a leading research organization focused on the intersection of faith and culture right i guess where the world and the church meets okay so anywho this barna barna groups offers a range of customized research re research and resources and training to serve churches, nonprofits, 
businesses and leaders. And although many Christian churches attempt to dissuade its members from getting a divorce, they do. Well, uh, Barner <laughs> group, this worldly group, you have no idea what's going on in the first in the false church because these people don't seem to be dissuading anyone from getting a divorce. It seems to be that they are condoning it, and not and not only that, they are remarrying divorced people. So, Barner group. But anywho, let's check out what they have to say. So it says that, um, right, right, that the research confirmed a finding that was identified by the Barner Group almost, almost a decade ago that born-again Christians have the same likelihood of divorce as do non-Christians. Hmm. It goes on to say, among all born-again Christians, which include evangelicals, evangelicals, the divorce figure was 32%, which was statistically identical to the 33% figure among non-born-again adults. The research group noted this. According to George Berna, I guess the owner of this group, who, by the way, directed this study, well, he said that there no longer seems to be much of a stigma attached to divorce. It is now seen as an unavoidable rite of passage. You see this? Let me go on. Let me just go on because it should be a stigma. Listen, my hand is raised. You all know my backstory with those two remarriages, right? No, it should be that we should never leave our spouse. Now, if for whatever reason, let's say safety reasons, right? Physical, emotional, whatever the case may be. If we can't seem to work it out, all right, fine. We go on and we get the divorce, but we must remain single as long as he or she is alive and the culture of the world, which have, as we know, crept into the church, that it's no longer a stigma. Because I remember, I remember even growing up, knowing nothing about God and the church and the Bible, but it was a stigma to be a divorced woman. Okay, I don't know about the men, but I remember some scuttlebutt about, oh, Miss So-and-so, oh, she's a divorcee, like as if it was scandal, right? But now, yeah, well, in modern times, it's no longer a stigma, Right, and this group says that while a higher proportion of born again Christians in the U.S. marry 84% compared to the national average of 78%, well, recent trends indicate that Americans are growing more comfortable with divorce, and that, folks, is a huge problem because for the saint or the sinner 
if you remarry while your first covenant spouse is still alive, and if you don't repent, and if you die in that remarriage, you will go to hell because God is clear. He said, no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. That means you will not go to heaven. You will go to a burning hell. And people seem to be okay with that, whether or not they know this information or not. They do know God exists. They can say all they want. No, he don't exist. But Romans 1 tells us that they do know it and they suppress the truth because all we have to do is look at nature. We see God's divine attributes. Look at the moon, the stars, the sun. They themselves testify to the glory of God each and every day because we see it. <laughs> we see it in the morning and we see it at night. They sing the praises of the living God each and every day. Glory be to God. The fact that you were, you were able to be born. The miracle of childbirth is a testament that someone created you. You were not created as a tadpole. You didn't just morph into being from the universe. No, that's foolishness. Okay, that comes from the world and Satan. No, we have a creator and his name is God, the living God. And he sits high and he looks low. Amen. Uh -huh. Now, <clears throat> according to the family law firm of Wilkinson and Finkbeiner. Okay, I pray I'm saying that correctly. And again, I am not... Um, sponsoring any of these law firms and research groups. I just thought that it was interesting to see the stats of divorce, even among the saints and the sinners, because it's just, it's just really astounding that, who is really astounding that no one seeks God. No one is seeking to be righteous. And Romans 3 is crying out. It's telling us none is righteous. Nope, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All, all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And that's Romans 3, 10 through 12, okay? So this divorce stats is just a testament to Romans 3. No one is seeking God for righteousness. No one is seeking to repent of their sins. Everyone just wants to do what they want to do, how they want to do it. And then when you bring the truth of the word of God to them, they look at you like you crazy. Okay, well, according to this family law firm, Wilkinson and Finkbeiner out there in San Diego, California, USA, well, on their website, it says, if you spend enough time pursuing the internet, you'll find no shortage of studies, statistics, facts about divorce. 
There seemed to be a study looking into almost every possible factor that might affect marriages and lead to divorce. These studies have yielded some extremely interesting and in some cases downright shocking information about divorce in both the United States and the rest of the world. Just in case you don't have 20 hours to spare, it may or may not have taken this long to create this list. We have compiled a nearly exhaustive list with every divorce stat, study, and fact that we could find. As we move through 2020, our San Diego divorce lawyer team has provided everything you need to know and quite possibly more about divorce. Amen. So apparently last year and in, in 2020, someone at this law firm, probably a clerk somewhere, that was designated to come up with this list. Now, it says that they have compiled this list of over 115 studies of facts and rates for 2020. Now, I'm not going to share all 115 of these studies, but I got a few for you all just to consider. Because listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jesus says you can't love anyone more than you love me. And that if you love me, you will obey me. You will obey my commandments. So it don't matter how sweet and nice that spouse you have now remarried, no matter how sweet and nice, no matter now how your financial uh, cushion has been plumped up now because of this new remarriage, at the end of the day, you die in your sins as an adulterer, you will go to hell. And that's it. So come on, let us just take a look at some of these stats. Now look, fact number six, they say almost 50% of all marriages in the U.S. will end in divorce or separation. Yep. Fact number seven, researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages end in divorce. Yep. Fact number eight, 60% of second marriages end in divorce. Fact number nine, 73% of all third marriages end in divorce. Uh-huh. Fact number 10. The United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world. The whole entire world. Number six? Really? What are we doing over here? We're, <laughs> we just marrying and divorcing and remarrying and divorcing as if God has not given a command that all men everywhere must repent. Okay, so they had another section called how often divorce takes place in the U.S. Well, number 11 says every 13 seconds there is one divorce in America. 
Number 12, fact number 12 says that equates to 277 divorces per hour. That means 6,646 divorces per day. That means 46,523 divorces per week. And that equates to 2,419,196 divorces per year. That means... Fact 13, there are nine divorces in the time it takes for a couple to recite their wedding vows, which is two minutes. Two minutes. That means every two minutes, someone is actually taking their uh, wedding vows. Nine divorces are taking place within that two-minute span. Yeah, look, fact number 14. More than 554 divorces occur during your typical romantic comedy movie, which is two hours. I told you, these is interesting, right? Because when you sit back and you look at the stats, because we know that people are marrying and divorcing left and right. But apparently somebody at this family law firm had a whole bunch of time on their hands because that's what they handle. They handle divorce, divorces. They handle uh, child custodies. They handle um, adoptions, annulments, uh, prenups, like the whole gamut. Everything that falls under family law and that they handle. So somebody in their law firm had time enough to put together these facts for what? Our entertainment? Because this is it's crazy. It's saying that the time it takes for you to watch a romantic comedy movie, which is about, what, like two hours? Well, more than 554 divorces have occurred. Well, yeah, because we see just in two minutes, <laughs> nine divorces, right, happens. So, fact 15, 1,385 divorces happen during the average wedding reception, which is about five hours. So we go from nine divorces in two minutes to 554 divorces in two hours to 1,385 divorces within five hours. Wow. Look, fact number 16. There are 19,353,568 divorces over the course of an average first marriage that ends in divorce, which is about eight years. So, within eight years, we are looking at 19 million divorces during the average course of a first marriage, which is about eight years, right? Because, right, the whole adage, the whole seven-year itch. So around that seventh year, eight year, yeah, people are pretty much calling it quits. So look, fact number 17, over a 40-year period, 40-year, 67% of first marriages terminate. 
Wow. Fact number 18. Among all Americans 18 years of age or older, whether they have been married or not, 25% have gone through a marital split. Meaning somebody in their household or family members or someone close to them, they went through a divorce and it affected them in some kind of way. Because we're talking about um, Americans over the age of 18 or older. Whether or not they've been married or not, but 25% of them had, had gone through a marital split, right? Somebody close to them got divorced and they were a casualty of it, right? Number 19, fact 19, 15% of adult women, adult women in the U.S. are divorced or separated today. Today, currently, there is... 15% of adult women, adult women in the United States currently today are divorced compared with less than 1% in 1920. So you mean to tell me as of 2020, when they did this list, that there were 15% of adult women who were either divorced or separated here in the States compared to Less than 1% in 1920. Wow, have times changed, right? Yeah, because I'm quite sure back in 1920, there were a lot more God-fearing people. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So look, fact number 20. The average first marriage that ends in divorce lasts about eight years. Yeah, because we saw that. We saw that stat. Where was it? Right. How there is 19 million divorces <clears throat> taking place over the course of someone's first marriage that normally ends in eight years. So apparently eight years is the going rate for the length of today's marriages. Eight years. That's startling to think of, right? That the average marriage today in the 21st century only last eight years. No wonder there are a plethora of remarriages. People, people are only sticking around for eight years. Yeah, well, that's true. Because if you look at the length of my second and third marriages, yeah, they were all under eight. The first one was under 12. So, yeah, yeah, well, here we go. Uh, <laughs> fact number 19. It says 15% of adult women in the United States. Oh, no, I read that right. Fact number 20, the average first marriage, I read that too, ends in about eight years. Fact 21, people wait an average of three years after a divorce to remarry, if they remarry at all. Wow. So we have people waiting about three years after a divorce. Yeah, because see, for me, I waited after the first marriage. What was that? Yeah, three years. Yeah, that, well, that, that's true. Yeah, because I waited three years. And, and after the second one, I waited, what? Was that nine, ten? 20. Yeah, I waited. Yeah, maybe about, about four or five years. Yep, yep. Okay, well, look, fact 22. In 2011, only 29 
out of every 1,000 of divorced or widowed women remarried. Okay, so question on the floor, who is getting divorced, right? Fact 23, the average age for couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. Whatever happened to the 40 and 50 year uh, marriages where uh, people, they, they die 80, 90 years old, haven't been married to that first person. Well, not now in the 21st century, especially as of 2020, the average age for couples going through their first, okay, their first divorce is 30 years old. Which stands to reason, because I was 30 years old. Wow, in the world. Look at this. Number 24, it says 60, yeah, 60% of all, of all divorces involved individuals aged 25 to 39. Because this, this stat is all about, well, who is getting divorced? Like, what, what are the, the age ranges? And then it says, for fact number 25, because I'm not going to give y'all all 115. I just I just pick and, and chose those that I found were, were interesting, to say the least. It says, fact number 25, wives are the ones who most often file for divorce at 66% on average. That figure has soared to nearly 75%. In some years. Wow. Fact 26. Okay. Talks about the. <laughs> and I thought this was. I thought this was quite funny actually. Because I'm telling you. Somebody at this law firm. Took a lot of time to. Uh, come up with this stuff. Like what? Look. Five professions. With the highest divorce rate. Number one. Dancers. What kind of dance? So I'm like, well, what kind of dancers? Are we talking about strip pole dancers? Are we talking about, you know, like a dance group dancers? Or are we talking about those in ballet? Apparently dancers. All the dancers you can think of. Well, they are among the highest professions at 43% with the highest divorce rate. And then you have number two, <laughs> bartenders at 38.4%. Now, these are the professions that have the highest divorce rates. So we see dancers at 43, <laughs> bartenders. Listen, it's not funny. It's only funny because someone took the time to research this. Bartenders, 38.4%. And then number three, you have, I'm sorry, y'all. You have massage therapist at 38.2% among the top five highest uh, professions that people are divorced. Yeah. And then number four. Okay, now I don't know what this is. Somebody please explain this one to me. But gaming cage workers. What is that? What is a gaming cage worker? 
Well, apparently 34.6 of them are listed as one of the highest professions of divorce. And then number five, you have gaming service workers. Again, what is that? Well, they are listed at 31.3% of professions, of the top five professions with the highest divorce rate. Okay, well, if that's the highest, then what are the lowest? (laughs) Okay, what are the five professions with the lowest divorce rate? Okay, well, you got your farmers at 7.63%. Okay, then you have your foot doctors listed at 6.881%. Right? Because these are the professions with the lowest divorce rate. Okay. Then you have your uh, clergy. Okay. Your clergy at 5.61%. Then you have your eye doctors listed at 4.01%. And lastly, among the top five professions with the lowest divorce rate, you have your Um, agricultural engineers at 1.78%. Yeah, so what does that mean? What what does that truly mean? Because look, okay, another question on the floor is when do people divorce? Okay, right? Because I thought this was interesting to note that For fact, number 40, that the average length of marriage that that ends in divorce is that eight-year percent. I mean, that eight years, right? And so I'm thinking, well, around year number five, some people are starting to think, yo, this ain't working out. It's not working out. And look, according to the, the law firm, Number 41, they said, okay, because the question on the floor was, when do people divorce? Because we already know coming up on year eight, people are starting to feel that itch, right? Okay, so then when is the, the prime time that people rush down to the law, to the law firm to call it quits? Well, according to this law, this law firm, they say that January, <laughs> that January is considered, quote unquote, divorce month. And that how people start looking for information before the new year starts, but they can't do much until the attorneys are back in office. So... The week of January 12th to the 16th seems to be the magic week for filings. And that is why people are seeking divorces. Because around that pagan Christmas holiday and New Year holiday, divorce lawyers are on vacation. They can't wait to the week of January 12th to get it cracking. Listen, so another question on the floor was, well, why? (laughs) 
why are people divorcing in the United States? Well, according to this person who had a whole bunch of time on their hands, right? Well, fact 42. Well, people are divorcing because of lack of commitment. <laughs> yeah, because they start getting that itch around the seventh year, eight year mile marker right lack of commitment is the most common reason given by divorcing couples according to a recent national survey here are the reasons given and their percentages well we know lack of commitment at 73% argue too much 56% because these are the reasons and the percentages as to why people call it quits well infidelity 55 percent now i would think that would have been number one right but nope lack of commitment people just don't want to go through with it they tired they tired of you coming in here with your stinking feet i don't know but they are done committing to this marriage okay well uh well at 46 percent people marry too young yeah, that's why they they are divorcing. Yeah, at 46% because they marry just too young. Um, unrealistic expectations raging at 45%. Okay, so um, <laughs> what this is telling us is that there seems to be no discernment before we marry anybody. We not even take it <clears throat> we not even taking any self inventory to see whether or not are you ready to live with this person for the rest of your life because again God's word is true marriage is to death do you part and <clears throat> the only way that the marriage vow is fulfilled is death of one of the partners so if you marry too young at the age of 23 and by the time you are 33, you've been ready to call it quits and you're like, I, I'm not putting up with this person for the rest of my life. Okay, yeah, well, um, yeah, well, unrealistic expectations. You didn't realize what it all took to stick this out right it says through what the good and the bad and sickness and and in health whatever how the vows go right it, i can't even recall it look okay lack of equality in the relationship right 44 percent because the the women wants to be the man in the relationship and so for them they don't they don't have any quote-unquote equal a footing where the bible tells us that the man is the head of the household anyway get me to preaching look lack of, <laughs> lack of preparation for marriage yeah duh 41 percent had call it quit had called it quits because of lack of preparation for marriage apparently they did not get the memo that this is was for life and that how the man is the head of the household. Okay, yeah, well, and sadly, 25% of marriages ends because of domestic violence or abuse. Yeah, well, in closing, 
we have fact 48. They say that if you are an um, evangelical Christian adult who has been married, there's a 26% likelihood that you have been divorced compared to a 28% chance for Catholics and a 30, a 38% chance for non-Christians. Because folks, now I believe in my little humble opinion, the reason why a lot of people who are in these adulterous remarriages don't want to leave is because of money. They are in a they are in a position of financial stability and simply do not want to give that up. I know of someone who refused to come out of their adulterous remarriage because of the windfall that they now find themselves in. I'm telling y'all, the love of money is real, guys. They ain't giving up their financial cushion for no one, namely the Lord Jesus Christ, sad to say, right? They would rather go to a burning hell than to live poor and unhappy again. Women, especially especially with kids, tend to stay because their, their spouse is the financial breadwinner. They have come up in life and so see absolutely no reason to divorce, even though God's word is clear that it is it is adultery to stay in that remarriage. And so because of this, let's look at these last stats because I'm just too through. I'm done. And so... One of the areas was this financial if effects of divorce, right? Because I just finished saying that people who are now financially sound and stable in these adulterous remarriages, they ain't coming out of it. Why? Because they don't want to go back to the poorhouse. Look at these stats. Look, um, fact um, one o four says that the average total cost of divorce in the United States is $15,000. Yeah, fact 105 says families with children that were not poor before the uh, divorce see their income drop as much as 50%. These women are not divorcing because prior to divorcing, oh, they were living high on the hog. But now it will appear that once they do get divorced, well, well, their income will drop 50%. So, no, they are not giving that up. Look, Fact 106 says almost 50% of the parents with children that are going through a divorce move into poverty after the divorce. Fact 107 says 27% of recently divorced women had less than $25,000 in an annual household income compared with 17% of recently divorced men. So it seems to be according to the stats that women fare less 
than divorced men by <clears throat> by what 10%. Yeah, look, last but not least, okay, fact 108 says that 60% of people under poverty guidelines are divorced women and children. Yeah, and that is why Pam is screaming is screaming about how she and her kids are not leaving Steve for nothing in the world because Steve makes a great income where Bob had us living in poverty and I ain't going back to poverty. So Pam would rather go to a burning hell than have to go back to Section 8 living. We need to wake up, folks. God ain't playing with that lake of fire and... The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, may you be true and every man be a liar. Father, although we may have had a a chuckle over these stats, but the fact remains that if your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Father, nothing on this earth is worth anyone going to hell over. It is not. No marriage, no spouse, no no kids, no jobs, no position in life. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is is worth us being eternally separated from you and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Nothing is worth all of that. And if any one of us thinks that it is, it is because our eyes are being blinded by the God of this world, Satan. He blinds the eyes of those who are perishing. So, Father, I pray for each and every one of us that we repent of our sins, come out of that sin, and in this case, adulterous remarriages, and turn back to you. Father, I thank you for your word. It God rails our lives so that we don't fall back into sin. And that is why you said that we should not forsake the assembling of one another. Not that we meet up in a brick and mortar building to give to the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed because the preacher man is the only one that's getting rich. But we come together so that we don't fall back into sin, so that we edify one another. And if sometimes we rebuke the brethren and we come together to sharpen our irons so that we can learn from each other and so that we can fellowship among the brethren, wherever that takes place, wherever that fellowship takes place, we know that Jesus is the centerpiece of it all and not trying to make any mere mortal rich off a false doctrine. So, Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your 
for your grace and your patience and your mercy. And thank you so much for sending Jesus to save, uh, <clears throat> to save us from our sins and to save us from your wrath to come. Because you have appointed a day in which Jesus will crack open up that firmament and destroy <clears throat> and destroy his enemies in jesus mighty name i pray amen amen all right folks froggy throat and all another one in the can repent and believe turn from your sins trust jesus to be the lord of your life and obey him even unto death, even if that means that you got to put away people that you say you care about. Because <clears throat> think about Father Abraham when he had to put away, um, what was her name over there? Sarah's uh, maid, um, I can't think, I know it starts with an H, the brain. What is her name, folks? Help me out. Well, her. He had to... Hagar, Hagar, <laughs> he had to put away Hagar, and the Bible says that he was distressed about that, he was, he was depressed about, he had to put her away, but he obeyed God, who, who told him to obey his wife, to put her away, so it's doable, right, amen, amen, all right, folks, like the Bible says, bad company, corrupts good morals come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning amen amen all right folks lord willing until next time i shall be speaking to you all soon bye for now thank you guys for tuning in I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.